The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest and greatest edition of The Chris Sheeran Show here on the YesNetwork.com and iTunes podcast. I had to hesitate for a second, and I should mention my co-host right off the bat, as I always do, Lou DiPietro, and I am Chris Sheeran, obviously. Uh, and when you download this on iTunes you, to your smart devices, you become intelligent. It's not like we have to say that, but I just do it. You said it at the end last time. Uh, last time I sounded like um, Froggy, and now I sound like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So in a five-day span, we didn't tape yesterday, Thursday, because... Um, I got a text message from Chris that said, I'm out, can't do it. Yeah, and there was something else in there, but he cannot repeat that. Yeah. Um, I, I was miserable. I, I just couldn't. Uh, you know, every time I took a step... Uh, up from laying down, if I bent down to pick something up, if I got up off the couch, if I got up out of bed, it felt like uh, there was a sledgehammer beating my brain repeatedly, and it was no bueno. So I stayed home, and I tried to get better because I have the Nets tonight, and I have the Nets on Saturday, uh, and I want it to be ship-shape as possible for the pre, half, and post of those shows. So here I am, and I didn't want to you know, bug out on our second podcast of the week. Uh, one of the biggest stories, as we jump right into it here, uh, which was a favorite phrase in the movie, back to school. So why don't we jump right in? Let's just jump right in. Uh, and, you know, it was that imagery because it was the, the diving team. So, the triple Lindy is a yeah, legend. So the jump right in fit in, I guess. But let's jump right in with, with pretty much what was the biggest story at, at, the, at the top of the week. And how Cam Newton's quote uh, got misquoted immediately and how certain people reacted to it immediately. I don't think people actually sit and try to research something before they make an inane, asinine comment. They no. just see something, take it as fact, and then start a Facebook thread or a Twitter war between them and somebody else about said quote. Now, what he actually said, I don't have it. I'm going to have to look it up. But his actual quote did differ from what Cam actually said. And it had to do with race. And everybody thought he was bringing race into the equation. And I don't think he was. Well, it was basically the quote about him saying, I'm an African-American quarterback, and that scares some people. That, that, that quote, telephone, if you will. Right, <clears throat> like out of the movie Johnny Dangerously, right? Uh, which was Once. <laughs> which was an awful game of telephone with him in prison. Um, but you know, there there are a lot of people that quoted on this and, and said it was blown way out of proportion. And I'm in that camp. Here's the thing: I can't find it, and I don't want to waste time. Maybe Luke could find it while I talk, and then he could bring it up. But here's my common denominator. It's 2016, and I'm trying to do this without yelling because this really gets my goat. It really does. And I want to make this, juxt I want to make this argument with the fact that I was so vehemently against Jose Bautista tossing his bat into the stratosphere after he hit a home run. What was it, the sixth inning? Seventh inning, I believe. Seventh yeah, inning. That game. In, the, in the seventh inning of the uh, Blue Jays game. Yeah. In the playoffs, everybody remembers it. And, I, and I'm not going to backtrack on what I said. I still hate it. Um, I just think it was uh, classless. Now, if the guy hit a home run in the ninth inning, see, this is where I differ with a lot of people. If that was a walk-off home run and he did that, I don't think I'd be as agitated. But there were 
That was the bottom of the seventh. So they needed to get six more outs. The game wasn't over. And that's why I got so agitated. And if you're a pitcher, if you put yourself in the pitcher's spikes, and I get it, don't have them hit it. Okay, fine. Everybody says that. Make a better pitch. Good, whatever. But people might say to me, well, you're like Marco Rubio. You're a flip-flopper. Politics, sorry. Um, But I'm not. And this is the point I'm trying to make. I was really against, dead set against the bat flip. I am all for Cam Newton doing what he does. And here's why. Jose Bautista is not under center with a chance to get hit legally every Every play. play. Every play. If Cam Newton wants to do that and show up his opponent, the opponent on the next play has every opportunity to light that guy up. You have every opportunity to shut Cam Newton up, to stop his histrionics. You have every opportunity. You don't with Jose Bautista. You got to throw strikes at some point. And that guy is like Drago. Everything he hits, sometimes he destroys. And it's ridiculous. Him and Encarnacion back-to-back in that lineup. Killer. It's like facing Roy Hobbs back-to-back. The cover is knocked off the ball. Like Encarnacion, I don't know, this might be a out there comparison, but sometimes when he swings, it reminds me of Sheffield. Yeah, it does look a lot like that. Not I agree. as reckless abandon as Gary and maybe not killing a third base coach <laughs> as much as Gary. Not as much of the, the bat wiggle as Gary Sheffield, right. but definitely the, the violent swing. Right. Yes. I mean, having those guys back to back and you have to throw strikes. Okay. Cam's the one that has to throw the strikes in football. You have every opportunity to break through that offensive line. Or if he decides to take off and run, the guy had 10 rushing touchdowns this year. So if he wants to, what is it called? Dab? I don't even know what the hell it's called. Dab. Okay. So if he wants to dab and he wants to dance around, I have no problem with it. You know, when I was growing up, and I don't know about you, because we grew up a little separately. How old are you? 35. All right. You're seven years younger than me. You're a touchdown and an extra point younger than me, just to throw a football reference there. Um, can I go for two? Yeah, you can. But when I was growing up, we had the Fun Bunch, which was the Redskins. Yep. Uh, we had the, uh, the Miami wide receivers. Super Duper and Mark Clayton. Right. We had all these things going on. We had all these celebrations. We had Billy White Shoes Johnson, who used to do all these different end zone dances. You know, and, we had the Icky Shuffle. And, and the Icky Shuffle. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, when we played pickup football games when I was a kid, we were doing the fun bunch in the end zone. They used to get in a circle. They used to raise their hands three times. And on the third time, they'd jump up and all slap in a high five. And if we scored a touchdown, we did it. Corny, but we did it. And basi- it's, in, it's in Tecmo Bowl. It is. And basically, <laughs> if the other team didn't like it, the next time I caught a pass or one of my teammates caught, we got lit up. That's how it's policed in football. If you can't stand what he does, beat him. It's real easy. Beat the guy. I don't know. We've talked about this before. I don't know if you've seen the season this guy's had. It is otherworldly. And him saying he's an African-American quarterback, and that scares people. I'm an African-American quarterback. That may scare a lot of people because they haven't seen nothing that they can compare me to, Newton said, according to the Charlotte Observer. There's his Exact quote. There's his exact quote. 
And here's what I have to say about that. Everybody, oh, he's bringing race into it. Well, guess what? He's right. And it's sad because it's 20 freaking 16 and he's right. Why does this scare people? Why can't we just sit back and say, holy crap, this guy's a great quarterback. Because he is. And you know what? The guy's put in his dues. He's grown as a quarterback. This isn't some fluke season. This is a breakout year. This is Dave Gettleman putting the pieces together. And Cam finally has something to work with. And he's doing this without a wide receiving core. He's doing it throwing the ball to Ted Ginn and yes. Jericho Cotchery. We, we talked about that all the time. This is, this is the end of, of the thing from the Charlotte Observer. Cam says, whether you win, lose, or draw, people are going to talk. Now, the true fans, they know what's up. They're going to be supportive of whatever happens. But people are going to judge and have their own opinion on certain things that I don't control over, have control over, nor does anybody else. Now, Ron Rivera, who himself is a minority head coach. Right. Which I hate. I just wish we could be head coaches right. and quarterbacks. Of course. I, don't, I hate labels. Why do we put labels on guys? He, he said, it's funny we still fight that battle based on what? All he's done when he came in his rookie year, he had a dynamic rookie year. He was NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's been in conversations every year for awards. This year he's in the MVP conversation. I still don't get why he has to be criticized. And maybe there are some people out there who are concerned with who he is, which I think is terrible. I really do. You think in this time, this day and age, it would be more about who he is as an athlete, as a person, more than anything else. Hopefully we can get past those things. That's the sentence right there you need to concentrate on because – Despite what he does on the and, and don't tell don't sit there and say to me in your lifetime you don't have a relative, a friend, or a teammate who's done that garbage before. There's don't a, tell me. There's a reason Cam Newton won a national title at Auburn because he got kicked out of Florida for stealing laptops out of dorm rooms. Lou's still things, bitter. Things happen, but he's gotten past that. Cam Newton is not. I may bring that up a lot because I'm a Florida fan. And see, but people have gotten past that. that I'm sure could, that doesn't define Cam Newton. That could have defined Cam Newton, but it doesn't. Why? And it shouldn't, because Why? he's moved past that and Thank become you. a better person. Thank you. And look at the season he's had: thirty-five touchdown passes and ten touchdown rushes. No quarterback in the history of the freaking NFL has ever done that. There's very few quarterbacks each year that throw thirty-five touchdown passes, let alone thirty-five and ten. And you know. I, I haven't listened to anybody's radio show or I, I did watch an, a segment on ESPN and ESPN tries to make this a racial thing. He was on Mike and Mike. I, I don't think it's a racial. I didn't listen to it. Though. Okay. I don't want it to. I, I, it was a segment on SportsCenter and I forget who the guy was who was breaking it down. Former NFL player. I just, the guy, he, he escapes my head right now, his name, but he hit the nail on the head. He said it wasn't racist thinking. You know, for people coming out with the backlash for what he said, uh, it it was it has to do with race, but it's not race. He brought up the culture. You know how Cam grew up. He said Young Jeezy comes to these games. You know they all grew up in Georgia. This is how they grew up. This is what they do. Yeah. This is him. Would here? This is the perfect example I can give you. You're growing up. You meet the girl of your dreams or the guy of your dreams. Okay. You know what type of person you are. Uh, you know, maybe a month before the, uh, no, not the month before the wedding, but inching towards the wedding, your significant other who you're about to walk down the aisle with is trying to change you into something you're not. 
he or she is making you miserable. He or she is not letting you go out. Or he or she is doing something to you that you don't like. Okay? You know that you're about to change. You're about to conform just to be with this person for the rest of your life. Are you going to do that? I don't care how beautiful or attractive that person is. You should not do that. Cam Newton's going to come to the NFL and change who he is? That makes no sense. This is who he is. Deal with it. And guess what? Like I said, every play he's out there, you have a chance to hit him. You have a chance to murder this guy on the field. Not literally, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, geez, I, I just don't get that line of thinking. It's 2016, and we're still talking about race. Not to mention the good things. Talking I mean, about race. Not to mention the good things Cam does. I mean, yes, he's ripped down the 12th man flag, and he's done other things. I this and get that, it. And he's boisterous, and he's but where whatever. Wait, 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 wait. Where was that game? Carolina. Was it in Seattle? No. Did he do it on the road? No. So we did it for a crowd reaction. Is it Terrell Owens dancing on the star? I mean, let's be Is fair. it Terrell Owens taking out a Sharpie and signing a ball after he scores a touchdown? Or Joe Come Horn on. pulling a Sharpie out of the goalpost? I mean, geez. But not to mention the things like, you know, Cam Newton is very generous with his time and money to children, especially underprivileged children in the Charlotte area. Cam Newton is very generous with giving footballs away to, like, so many people would love to get an NFL football from an NFL player, let alone Cam Newton, one that he just scored a touchdown. You know who he looks for? Little kids. Little kids. And those kids are going to remember that for the rest of their freaking lives. Cam Newton gets it. And I don't know if they still get fined for giving, like, throwing balls in there. But even if they did, he said he didn't care. He was going to pay it. The Panthers said they didn't care. They would pay it. I don't think the NFL... Because you know how the NFL is. He's given given touchdowns. Selectively spined. He's given football touchdowns to kids in wheelchairs. There was one kid that lost his father like two weeks before. He wanted to go to a a Panther game with his dad. His dad died. He finally got there, I think, with neighbors and friends. Cam scores a touchdown. I don't know if you guys remember this, but Julius Peppers stole the ball and gave it to the official. Cam ran down the ball, got it from the official, and gave it to this kid. Kid just lost his dad. Come on, think about that. He, he gets it. There are some players in every sport who wouldn't even, like, if someone called their name, wouldn't even turn their head to wave, let alone do something like that. And so, we're crucifying this guy for dabbing? Just the other day, it was in the news, I believe today or yesterday, that during a Panthers practice, there were people all... Cam, I want a ball. Cam, can I have your shoes? Blah, 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 blah. Cam saw a, a kid who was in a wheelchair there. You know, I believe he had his jersey on hanging out. That's who Cam gave an autograph ball and took off, his, took off his cleats at the end of practice and signed them and gave them to this kid. Because, you know, this is, this is a kid who's had a little bit tougher of a life perhaps than someone else. Cam understands that. Cam understands that sometimes, you know, these are things that will make a person's day. Maybe, I hate to say it this way, but... Maybe a little bit more than just someone else who, you know, has a quote-unquote normal life, as we know it. Yeah, and my, my buddy, uh, Mark Erne, uh, he does sports for 1010 Wins. Uh, this is where I really started, my blood really started boiling with this, and I hope I could find it on his, uh, his Facebook timeline. Here it is. What Cam said was, I'm an African-American quarterback. That may scare a lot of people because they haven't seen nothing that they can compare me to. 
But according to at least one New York City newspaper, he said, I'm an Amer- African-American quarterback that scares people because they, have, they haven't seen nothing that they can compare me to. That scare. See, they took out May. Yep. They used journalistic, and, uh, journalistic license to fit the narrative. Right. So that turns it into a racial thing. One little word. One little freaking word taken out. And it turns into he was making it black and white. No, Cam Newton was speaking the freaking truth, and it's 2016. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. That, that is part of why, as a writer, I am more concerned with being right than being first exactly. or being controversial. Because my journalistic integrity means more to me than a hat tip from someone because I broke a story that may or may not be fully true. Or that's why I research things before I comment on them. It's, you'd be amazed at how many people don't do that anymore. Uh, you know, or haven't ever done that, really. I, every time I go to a college or a high school and I talk to kids who want to get into this business, you know, journalism but, has yeah. really fallen by the wayside. It has. There's, there's a major media outlet out there that covers a major media team in a major media market that we may or may not be in that basically wrote an article recently speculating whether or not one past accused but somewhat cleared alleged user of performance-enhancing drugs was or was not on those same performance-enhancing drugs last year. Why? Because it generates clicks. Yeah. Controversy creates cash. Eric Bischoff wrote the book for you WWE fans. Does it make it right? No. But if it's the narrative... If you don't think racism still exists, you're (laughs) – I can't tell you how naive you are because it does. And until people wake the hell up – look, I'm all – don't get me wrong. I hate being politically correct, but the minute you say something publicly, you're going to lose your job. Yeah, you can't do that. Okay, you can't can't do do that. I just wish everybody would thicken their skin and get along. I think we'd get along a hell of a lot better if people had a lot thicker skin. I really do. But – my point to this whole thing is the fact that we're talking about this on this podcast for now almost 20 minutes. That's enough about that and those debates. Let's debate about all-star games. Yeah. Both the NHL all-star game and the Pro Bowl are this weekend. There's no NFL football. We're in the week between the Super Bowl. The Nets do not play on Sunday, so I do not have to work. The Royal Rumble was last week. They so play tomorrow, though. Yep. So even though... Um, Usually, WWE plans the Royal Rumble the week between the Super Bowl and the the Conference Championship games. There will be none of that. And I would still wager that I'll probably watch a grand total of 30 to 45 seconds of highlights of either game. Because I don't know about you, but I stopped caring about the results of all-star games other than baseball. Because baseball determines home field advantage, and I cover it uh, a long, a long, long time ago. And now... We have this controversy going on in the NHL where they let the fans vote. And this is supposed to be for the fans. And this is – we talk about the hypocrisy of the NFL, and the Pro Bowl is its own animal. Teddy Bridgewater is a Pro Bowl Mm -hmm. uh, quarterback because Cam Newton can't play because he's in the Super Bowl. And Peyton Manning can't play because he's in the Super Bowl. And this guy pulled out and that guy pulled out. And, you know, somebody somebody stubbed his toe on the coffee table so he doesn't want to take the risk. Like, whatever. John Scott, who has all of five career goals in the NHL, he has 500 and some penalty minutes. He's a goon. He's a fourth-line enforcer. But he's an NHL hockey player. 
what started as a joke turned into him being voted in as a captain, no less, for the NHL All-Star game. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the, I believe, <clears throat> this is the fourth different format the NHL All-Star game has had in the last 20 years. Because nobody cares about hockey as it is, let alone hockey that doesn't matter. So now this year, it's basically a game of shinny on the pond. It's four divisions, and you, you went through this on, on the Michael K show a couple days ago in the highlights. Two divisions will play each other in a game of 20-minute three-on-three. Brutal. The other two divisions will play each other in a game of 20-minute three-on-three, and the two teams that win that will play a third 20-minute game of three-on-three to determine the all-star champion. Is there an overtime period for a consolation? Hello? First, third, and fourth place? Do they go to a shootout immediately if the game is tied after two? Like, does anyone really care? But this game is supposed to be for the fans, right? They let the fans vote. This is for the fans. It's an exhibition game, yada, yada, yada. So the fans, as a joke, vote in John Scott, Mm -hmm. who has since been traded from the Arizona Coyotes to the Montreal Canadiens and sent to the American Hockey League Mm -hmm. in two attempts (laughs) to fit in within the rules of the NHL that say if you're not on the active roster of the conference or division in this case Mm -hmm. that you're uh, voted into, you can't play. He's still going to be there. So the NHL looks completely stupid. For this whole fiasco, not to mention the fact that they look completely stupid that, as a joke, fans voted in basically the equivalent of voting Ramiro Pena into the All-Star game. (laughs) Or, if you want to be, you know, recent about it, almost voting Omar Infante into the All-Star game last year when the Royals had the lead at all nine positions at one point. Yeah, I think it's... It's for the fans. I think it's... Yeah, well... I think it's time for it to be either... Completely for the fans, and whoever they vote in gets in. We're just done. I'm done. If, I'm done with all star games. All of them. All of them. If, they're, they're all. St- the Pro Bowl is worthless. If that Gretzky, Anderson, Messier, Graves, Oilers team, and McTavish, and Grant, and Grant Fuhr and Esatikinen, if did that, you know Grant Fuhr was he was African American? You have to throw that in there. I'm sorry. My bad. Um, if that team was still around. And this format was used, I would stop watching hockey. I don't want to see three on three. That's what they play in overtime now, so that's the, I know that's, that's the what they behind play. it. But I get it. But I want to see. I want to see five on. F- I, I don't know. Call me crazy. Call me a hockey fan my entire life. They might want to make it exciting, and I I commend them for trying something new. But as far as leaving this to the fans, once again, it's, it's, it's an epic fail, as the kids like to say these days. Or they may have moved on to something yeah. else. It's even worse hashtags. because it, it became – and we talked about it over the summer, how it became a blow-up. Because, you know, this is a game for home field advantage in the World Series. And the fans are voting in players that don't necessarily deserve to be there. Omar Infante. Omar Infante wouldn't have been an all-star if they just picked the best nine Royals. Omar Infante wouldn't have been an all-star. <laughs> However, as it turned out, the Royals – you know, went to the World Series, so home field advantage would have been pretty important to them. And I'm sure Omar and Fonte understood that. And I always said, you know, as it is with baseball, the whole every team has to be represented rule. It's like, wait till, uh, wait till some pitcher for the Rockies gives up a game-winning homer to somebody from, uh, you know, somebody, somebody from the bottom of the barrel team. The Rays, I guess, this year were the worst team in the AL East. You know, imagine if Evan Longoria hits a home run off, I can't even name a Rocky, Rex Brothers, 
in the ninth inning of the All-Star game, and that gives the Yankees home field advantage over the Dodgers. You know, like, it's stupid. But the, the, the other side of this is that Kobe Bryant was voted in as a starter for the NBA All-Star game. Mm-hmm. He was the leading vote-getter because it's for the fans and it's Kobe's last ride. Nobody said a word. There hasn't been a word of backlash of Kobe doesn't deserve to be there. Now, granted, comparing Kobe Bryant to John Scott is like comparing Coca-Cola to mud in terms of deliciousness and, and, and thirst quenching. Mm-hmm. But nobody said a word. You know, I, I hate to say this about him because, God forbid, he had a great career. But the last year of Derek Jeter's career didn't really deserve to be an all-star. No, he Let's didn't. be fair. It was a send-off Omar Infante may have had better numbers at the all-star break this year than Derek Jeter did in 2014. That's just a fact. Yeah. But nobody said a word about Kobe because, oh, it's Kobe. Mm-hmm. Well, 20-year careers where you're at the top of your game for most of it. Whereas, you know, whereas for a guy like John Scott, and he wrote a thing, speaking of Jeter, he wrote a thing on the Players' Tribune you can go read about, you know, I may not be this and that and whatever, but he's like, I'm one of the best 700 players in the world because I'm in the NHL. Which you can <laughs> you can debate. Slow your roll, John. There's probably there's probably players under the surface on better teams that are more deserving, more talented, more whatever adjective or verb you want to throw in there. But man's got a point. He obviously is good enough at what his job is. He, yeah, he has a point. To be in the NHL, it's a scant point, but it's a point. It's, which is slightly better than moot. And, so. Uh, he, he has more of, of that point than he does actual points yeah, that's, on the ice. That's true. So, but it, it just know. goes into how, I mean, the Pro Bowl is now, we just pick the best players and we fantasy draft them and they have three days of practice and you have to play a certain defense and you can't blitz and there's no rushes on extra points. And Can you hit the quarterback? That, I don't know. I think they wear red pennies and flags at this point. I haven't watched the Pro Bowl in years because it's worthless. I haven't either. I told you the last last podcast. I told you the last time I watched the NFL NFL Pro Bowl was my maybe last year in college. I will say this. Even if Boyan Bogdanovich was not in the Rising Stars game, the only part of any all-star festivities outside of baseball I would, will, and probably will ever again watch, all-star Saturday night in the NBA because I enjoy the three-point contest. I enjoy the skills competition, the shooting stars, the rising stars. The dunk contest got old a long time ago, yeah. and that horse is so dead it came back to life and died again. They're still beating it. Yep. But I do enjoy the rest of that. But the, it's just I don't care. Levine, I just don't care. Levine was pretty ridiculous. He though. was. But I, I just I, I don't I don't care, and I can't care, and it's a controversy for the sake of controversy. And the NHL is sus- this this would be great if this happened in the NFL. The NHL has suspended players and is suspending players. Among them, Alex Ovechkin and Jonathan Taves, two of the most important players in the league to their mm-hmm. teams and two of the best players in the league, are suspended for one game because they're missing the All-Star game because they're hurt. They got voted in, but they're skipping the All-Star game. Taves left the, Taves left the Blackhawks last game before the break, halfway through the game with illness, mm-hmm. is still ill, pulled out of the All-Star game, and is now being suspended for the first game after the break. That's ludicrous. So what would the NHL prefer? What if Jonathan Taves has chicken pox? Let me just throw this out there. Or a stomach bug. Or a stomach. What if, yeah, what if he's got a stomach bug? I was, you know what? Forget it. I'm going unsanitary. What if Jonathan Taves has gastroenteritis of some sort, a stomach bug, something contagious, not just food poisoning or the flu? Which would you rather have, NHL? Would you rather have an all-star game that doesn't have Jonathan Taves, and you're giving him a free game off, which may or may not end up affecting the Blackhawks come April when it's playoff mm-hmm. time, and they're missing a point or two because you suspended Jonathan Taves because he was sick. Mm-hmm. 
Or would you rather him go out there? He's about getting ready to unload a slap shot, and all of a sudden, he just barfs yeah. all over Corey yeah. Schneider. Well, it'd be great TV. You'd have that? a viral video. Maybe you would. That's Sport, that Sports Center would cover hockey immediately. Would you rather that? Again. Would you rather he goes over in the corner and just shoots liquid missiles out of his backside? They keep Barry. Because it's coming out of both ends. They keep Barry Melrose in a locker. <laughs> that's why his hair's so great. He's cryogenically preserved. Yeah, they bring him but out once in a while. Would you rather Jonathan Taves infect eight, nine, ten players in the league with chicken pox or a stomach bugger? Or would you well, rather suspend him for him? Didn't they have the mumps go around? They the did NHL? have the mumps go around. Like, how unself aware can you be? The NHL is. Of the four major sports in, in North America, the NHL is a clear fourth. Yeah. And they're closer to seeing themselves lapped by number five than they are of catching up to whatever of football, baseball, and basketball may be number three at any given time. Well, it's not football. It depends on the season. Well, football's pretty much number one. Depends on the season. But they're much, much closer to getting lapped well, by MLS or the WNBA it's, it's or the, whatever. It's the same. Cut. And yet they still try to pretend like they're this big national powerful entity. It's so stupid. It's cut from the same cloth as the NBA finding Pop and the Spurs a quarter of a million dollars. When they, when they arrested the players against When they Miami. arrested his big three against the Heat because it was a nationally televised I, game. Yeah. and let, That – it, that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard until you just said what you said about the hockey well, What makes that even more ridiculous is, um, I forget, but can you remind me what the NBA Finals result was that year? I think the Spurs won. Uh, who did they beat? And they um, beat the Heat? The Heat? The they Miami Heat? Yeah. Is that so the team who, name? who's laughing all the way to the bank with their yeah. NBA Finals share and the trophy? Stupid. Yeah. Unbelievably stupid. But you know what? Get it. Get the money any way you can. If you you know if you want to do and it's like Cam Hayward and his and his yeah. tape under his eye. Spoiler alert for next week on on the dot com. We have <clears throat> the Niner, our weekly feature. Next week is going to be alternate all star formats. Did I just like hear a Niner. In yeah, yeah, I did. I'm calling from, from a walkie talkie. So the NHL has used better formats. The North America versus the World format was great. It was the best of the U.S. and Canada against the best of Russia, Czech Republic, Slovakia. Uh, I don't know if Dennis Seidenberg was in there representing Germany, but regardless, it was a fun format. Um, there were all-star games in s- certain sports in the past that was defending champions versus the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. That would be a lot of fun. Would love to see the Major League Baseball all-stars take on the Kansas City Royals this July. Or I'd like to see this NHL all-star game be the Chicago Blackhawks against the rest of the league. That'd be a pretty good game, right? Five on five. Yeah. Yes. But that'd be a pretty good For game. 60 minutes. The same guys. You know, the All-Star Futures game uses the, <laughs> the USA versus the world format, mm-hmm. which, which is fun. Uh, there's a pretty cool golf idea I had in there that's, that's going on in there. Uh, our, one of our graphics producers, Ryan Rutherford, gave me a great idea. How about an NBA All-Star game where one team is 6-5 and under and the other team is 6-6 and over? So let's see, let's see a game that's got Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, blah, 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 against Melo, Durant, Duncan. Why not? Uh, hey, I'd love to see. Uh, I'd love to watch that team of guys 6'6 six, six and above shoot three-pointers. I'd love to see a Hall of Fame game with guys who could still play. That'd be great. Who wouldn't want to see that? Who wouldn't want to see Jordan come out on the floor one more time? Yeah. A Legends game to go along with the rookie game? Yeah. Not the main game. I no. mean, but that's basically run off the floor. That's but. basically what the Rising Stars Challenge now has morphed into. It went from rookies versus sophomores. Now it's again USA versus the world. Mm-hmm. Um, 
with rookies and sophomores. Kristaps and Bogey on the same squad. Yep. Along with Boban Marjanovic, oh, that, a Devin Carpertian favorite. My God. And possibly, you never know, based on how he was picked up by the Knicks, Thanasis Antetokounmpo, brother yes. of Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Antetokounmpo brothers. There you go. One of your favorite. I just love hearing you say that. Antetokounmpo. It was that game you did with with the Nets uh, pre and post against the Bucks a couple years ago where you had to say it like four times at halftime because you were dominating. Went, then I went and did the uh, third wheel on the Michael K show, and he had me keep saying it too. Yes. Which was nice. Antetokounmpo. But you know what? If it's really going to be for the fans, let the fans pick the players and let it be ridiculous stuff. Let me see Carmelo Anthony playing Kevin Durant in a game of horse. Let me see that. We saw Sarah Kustak beat Rondé Hollis Jefferson. We did. Let me see them play around the world like we did when we were kids. And there was only two of us, and we didn't have enough people to play basketball, so we played around the world. I did that. Did you play you could chance? Like if you missed a shot, you could say chance. And if your friend said check, you couldn't take the chance back. So if you missed that shot, you had to go back home. Oh, no, that's an interesting rule change. Yeah, we played like that. So, you know, if you got all the way around the world and you were at the free throw line shooting your three straight free throws, if you chanced one of your free throws, if you missed, you had to sink all three. Mm-hmm. You know, if you hit two and missed the last one, if you chanced it, you had to hit all three. If you missed it, you had to go all the way back to the beginning. Uh, that's awful. Depending on how many, how many stations there were It was a nice little wrinkle, and our basketball court was part of our wiffle ball field. We had, we, one had, of, we had one of the best wiffle ball fields in the state of New Jersey, hands down. Probably a lot like the field we had to play, you know, Mr. regulation baseball. Mr. Norot probably didn't think so because we were constantly ruining his grass. But <laughs> we had a, we thought so. So we had a, we had a, we had a home and away courts, so to speak, in basketball. A friend of mine lived. My my street was a not a dead end, but it went between two side streets that mm-hmm. went out to the main road. So it was kind of like a square. My neighborhood and uh, my street was at the top of the square. So on the one end of the square, we had my buddy Sam's house. Um, not great circumstances. His garage caught fire like when we were five or six. And, That's terrible. And burned. It was, it was offset from the house, luckily. Mm-hmm. Um, electrical fire in the garage. So the garage burned down. So the slab was still there. So his, you know, he, lived with, he lived with his grandparents. Mm-hmm. So his grandparents would park the car in the driveway. And the slab was still there, so we put up a basketball hoop when we were, like, seven. We had a perfect, like, square court, drew the key. Mm-hmm. You had a little bit of three-pointer space mm-hmm. on, on either side of the court. Um, you know, it was a great half-court basketball court. On the other end of the street, two houses down from me, uh, the, the, the people that lived there had, a, a, like, a longer, thinner driveway that led into their two-car garage. So it was, like... I would say it was like, it's like my house, but I know you haven't seen my new driveway. It was a lot like my driveway where it was just that long, skinny, into-the-garage driveway. And the basketball hoop was – their house was on the corner, and there was a, a, a hill, and the street went up behind mm-hmm. the back hill. Their basketball hoop was in the middle of the, like, triangle between the garage and the hill. So really it was – the free throw line was, like, the edge of the court. So there were no three-pointers on this court. But when we played around the world, there was one perfect spot on the back porch – where you could shoot out from underneath the awning of the back porch and you had a direct line to the basket, and that was the big, the big money around the world shot at their house. Yeah, the, And that uh, was hard. The, the corner shots at my friend Joe's house, you had to contend with tree branches. <laughs> we also, because of the way it was, the, the behind the backboard shot was modified uh-huh. into you had to be touching the roof of the garage 
because the you know I'm drawing this picture for Chris, and you can't see this, but this is the driveway, mm-hmm. this is the garage, and the hoop is here, and the hill is here. Mm-hmm. So you had to be touching the roof. You had to be up on the hill touching the roof of the garage with some part of your body and shooting. So usually it was, you know, you're off foot. Gotcha. So and we had, our, fun. We had, we had great, a great park right down the street from my house, and uh, me and my friends, I, I've never seen this ever again. I'm not saying, you know, we were the be-all, end-all, but... Me, Donnie Smucko, Joe Mendoker, Doug Rosano, Rhett Krobach, God rest his soul, he's no longer with us. We used to go down to Leonardine Park, Shinefine Park. Uh, they had eight-foot rims, and they had the ten-foot rims, and they were right next sort to Sort of each like other. an elementary school gym kind of thing yeah, set up? Yeah, and Donnie's dad ran the south of Iraq. He was our history teacher, too, in high school. Always had nets. You know, if somebody cut the net, net off, all we had to do was tell Donnie. Donnie told his father, boom, we had a new net. <laughs> it's always nice to know the guy who runs the rec department. Yeah. So when it snowed, and when it snowed recently, this reminded me of it, and I was talking to Sarah Kustak on one of our pregame shows, and I was going to say it, but I just she went off on a tangent, and it was lost, and I didn't want to go back to it and make it awkward. But we used to take shovels. We used to walk with shovels down to the park, shovel the court, and then run full court. And first we'd have a game on the 10-foot rims and – play an actual game and then for fun we would go on the eight foot rims and be Have throwing alley oops. Dunk contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that park, I spent pretty much whether it was football, soccer, basketball, or baseball, they had a little baseball diamond. The outfield was our football field. The um the basketball courts were right there. That was like the home run in right field. You had to hit it over the basketball courts though because the the log where the beginning of the basketball courts was was too short. Um, sure, sounds a lot like uh, Southfield Park here in Stanford. And I can't leave him out. Brian Sanborn, one of my closest friends, is out in Cali now. Um, he used to go down there too. I mean, it was just, it was the perfect situation. You were walking distance away. You could dribble down to the park with your right hand, dribble back with your left hand. Didn't really help my cause. It did for Donnie. Donnie was a great point guard. Started on the varsity team his freshman year all the way through to his senior year. Played for Drew. Uh, coached for a little while. And I think he still coaches at North Brunswick High School. Um, so, yeah, good for him. And our starting center, Deion Jackson, played for Western Kentucky. And then went to play over, overseas in Spain. He had a pretty good career out, out there in Spain. So, uh, yeah. Kids these days don't get these kind of things. You know, you can't let them out of your sight these days. You so can't. Kid, you know, and you'll know when you have them. I, I lament, you know, as I was thinking, you, you mentioned the snowstorm. Uh, I was thinking about how great, because uh, my wife and I, uh, a good a good friend of mine and his girlfriend, and then a good friend of hers and her boyfriend, we're all going uh, snow tubing um, in a couple weeks uh-huh. at one of the ski uh, ski mountains here in Connecticut. And uh, you know, I remember I was telling the story. I, I don't know if I told you the story of, of Billy Franco almost killing himself on a on a. No. On a snow tube on on the winter of '96. I'll tell I, you the story off I the air. I would have remembered that. I'll tell you the story off the air. Um, but I'll post this on Facebook, on my Facebook, and I'll tag Billy and see if he remembers the story <laughs> or if he's blocked it out. But, um, you know, our kids may or may not have that. You know, I don't know if you took your daughter's sledding at all or, or anything during on our know, side, Sunday. On our side yard, we have a little hill. And when it was snowing the day of, we were going down the driveway into the street because my driveway is pretty steep. And uh, no one was coming down the street, and we were just zipping down the driveway and into the, into the middle of the street and into our neighbor's uh, driveway. So it was pretty cool. 
kids these days may not have those experiences. It's sad, but. Well, I try to give it to them, but they're not going anywhere without me. That's yeah. for sure. And now this weekend they may not be able to because all the snow might be melted. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll worry about that climate change thing. Do yourselves a favor if you don't believe in it. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is a extremely intelligent uh, person. By the way, great video on the uh, – what, what's the guy's name on Comedy Central? Larry – Larry Wilmore. The Larry show. Wilmore, yes. He had – Neil deGrasse Tyson on to uh, s- respond to B.O.B.'s oh, yeah, I saw that. rap about the world being flat. I'm not a rapper, so I don't spit rhymes, but I know someone who does. Did you see that tweet? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But did you see the video? No. When we're done here, you could watch it. Uh, it's great. Um, but just Google it. You don't have to watch Cosmos. You don't have to be subjected to the whole thing. I did. I DVR'd it. It was fascinating. But there's a video where it's Neil on the beach and he's walking his dog and the dog is doing crisscrosses. Just think he's making, you know, S's all the way down the beach. The dog is going crisscross, crisscross, crisscross. And Neil deGrasse Tyson is just walking in a straight line. And he said, don't look at the dog. Look at me. That's where it's going to. It's on a line going to that point. So it is something we need to be worried about. You can't worry about, oh, we just got 20 inches of snow. Oh, it's two degrees below zero. Oh, it's... No. Hmm. Face the face. You got to watch the video. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not this guy. but And you could judge for yourselves, but don't have a closed mind. Sit there and watch the, you know, seven-minute clip, or it might even be a three-minute clip, whatever it is. It got me thinking. Anyway. I think we should go let our listeners... Uh... Now that we're done, we should go let him check that out. Listen to that, and then Larry Wilmore, too. Google that if you haven't seen it yet. Neil deGrasse Tyson basically face-palming B.O.B. And that's a wrap. He wants to pretend that airplanes are like shooting stars in oh, the night boy. sky. Yeah, they are, but uh, the world is... Um, Science! Yeah. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for Lou and me. We'll see you next week. Peace.